So as I said, I wanted to talk about courage tonight, <clears throat> since I'm going to be leading a day long in a few days, and it, it's been on my mind. Um, and uh, the more uh, the more the topic came up, the more I realized how um, I haven't talked about it, and I, I allude to it here and there, but. Uh, I haven't talked about it in in a while, and it, it's such it's such a central quality uh, in uh, in the Dharma, in Dharma practice, uh, both on the cushion and and off the cushion. I thought I'd start with a a quote from Trungpa Rinpoche, uh, eminently quotable. Uh, crazy wisdom teacher um, who I spent some time with. The first uh, five years of of practice, I'd go out each summer to Boulder, Colorado um, and uh, uh, to Naropa Institute. At that time, it was Naropa Institute. Now it's Naropa University um, where it's developed into a university. Uh, and I'd listen to um, Trungpa Rinpoche talks. You, you, you wouldn't want to miss a Trungpa Rinpoche talk. Um, oh, this is cutting in and out. I don't know. Um, well, let's just let's see how it goes. Um, you wouldn't want to miss it, uh, e- even though you you often would leave scratching your head saying, what is going on here? Because um, he'd come in about, oh, an hour to two hours late for his talks, uh, give a talk in a huge, well, call a, a bar, it was like a barn uh, with 1,000, 1,500 people. Um, and he'd come, come in late, kind of hobbling in because he was in a, motorcycle accident, he crashed into a, uh, a joke shop. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you should read his, his biography. Uh, it, it, he, he was wild. Uh, in fact, there's a, a movie uh, that, that came out about him last year, uh, and he'd have his Marlboro cigarettes in his pocket and then a big carafe of, of sake that he would go through during the, um, during the lecture. Um, but he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. And he's written some of the, the great classics of, of Dharma, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, um, Shambhala, The, the, the uh, Way of the Warrior. Actually, I'm sorry I didn't take a look at that before this talk. Um, the Myth of Freedom. Uh, many, many, many brilliant books. And as much as you'd be trying to put this all together, almost every talk he'd come out with at least one gem that I still, I still quote him probably as much as I quote anybody. Um, but anyway, one of his, one of his gems uh, came to me as I was thinking about this, um, this topic. And he said, um, the spiritual journey is fraught with great dangers and perils. And so it's important to consider carefully before you start. But once started, it's best to finish. (laughs) And uh, it's really, there's so much depth in that. Um, that does very much point to what we've all embarked on. Because before you get into all this stuff, you might just be feeling, you know, okay, you know, my life is all right. You know, uh, why, I'm, why upset the apple cart? Why go inside and take a look at everything in here? Or why question 
is there a, a deeper kind of happiness or freedom than um, than the messages that we're given? You know, we have, especially if you're so privileged in in and living in this culture, you know, with seven hundred channels these days and uh, uh, lots of possibilities for for pleasure. Um, you know, why why question uh, all of this? But once you have a sense that there's something more, uh, there's a deeper source of happiness and freedom, or, or perhaps you've touched some suffering in your life that you can't ignore that, that starts waking you up and saying, uh, hey, um, this, uh, this isn't what it's cracked up to be. And uh, as much as you think you have things under control, you have no control. Um, you, something has starts you on this journey. Maybe you've read a book or you've heard a talk or um, been inspired by a friend that says, maybe there's more. And then you take a look and you go inside and look for yourself and maybe you get a, a touch of what it's like to be quiet. Or maybe you open to something inside of you uh, that you hadn't really looked at before and are um, amazed at how you hadn't seen it until now. And maybe you get the inspiration or the uh, motivation to keep on, on taking a look. And so you, you embark on this journey. And the Buddha talked about waking up, the process of waking up as going against the stream. And you probably heard of uh, against the stream, Noah Levine and Vinnie Ferraro's uh, uh, communities. Um, they they take, take that from the Buddha's words. Going against the stream of... Uh, what we're told, where we're told happiness is to be found. I wanted to, uh, if I can pull it up, share with you a um, a quote um, that really, not a quote, a definition that sums up this wake up at some point, this wake up, call. Uh, I've mentioned this um, from time to time here. There's one quality, one understanding called Samvega. S-A-M-V-E-G-A. Samvega. And this is the the definition of Samvega. The oppressive sense of shock, dismay, and alienation that comes with realizing the futility and the meaninglessness of life as it's normally lived. A chastening sense of one's own complacency and foolishness in having let oneself live so blindly, and an anxious sense of urgency in trying to find a way out of the meaningless cycle. Whoa. It doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. But uh, just to, to really underscore the, the words, realizing the futility and the meaninglessness of life as it's normally lived. Now, of course, life has all kinds of beautiful things in it. There's love and nature and there's sunsets and there's um, compassion and there's goodness and there's beauty and there's truth and all of those things. Things. So it's not that all of life is a drag, but, and I, as you probably know, if you, you know, read my book, Awakening Joy, or heard me talk, I'm all 
for and encourage not missing out on all the goodness in life. If you do, then that, that's really a shame. You've, you don't want to sleep th- walk through that. But when you see that the, the message of get as much as you can, as quickly as you can, more than the next guy, uh, and you've won, or trying to get all your desires fulfilled, and um, you found the secret to happiness, uh, there, there, there's no way. That's, that's the, the amazing gift in the Buddha's teachings, that he's seeing there's a, there's a deeper source of happiness than just getting every desire fulfilled. And so you're going against the stream. That means that by definition, in order to wake up from life as it's normally lived, you have to be willing to move out of your comfort zone. You have to be willing to Acknowledge that maybe you've been sleepwalking and this, um, this is a kind of uh, impetus to see, okay, I want to just, I just want to learn. I want to I be as conscious as I can. And so you are willing to stretch yourself. And in practice, it's, often talked about, well, what's your forward edge of practice? What are you learning now? You ever have that, that sense of excitement, you know, of like, oh, oh you know, a, another like, growth experience. But it's like, oh, I'm learning. I'm really learning. And as painful as this might be in this moment, I'm growing I'm deepening my understanding. I'm deepening my compassion. That means being willing to learn and be willing to go into new territory, unknown territory, to see what your forward edge of learning is. Be willing to stretch yourself and going from the familiar and the known to the unfamiliar, the unknown. Going from the known to the unknown, that's not usually a, 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 a kind of laid-back you know, bliss trip. Because you're willing to, or at least find somehow the, um, the energy to go into that unknown territory, that is the, what's going to come up but uh, fear and anxiety, of course. And in, in some ways, we, we like that too. That's why people go on roller coaster rides or you know, just put themselves in a little bit of, of, of danger. You get a little bit of an adrenaline rush and all, but not too much. I love Jack Cornfield's um, little teaching. He says that, that fear is like the scout of going from the known, the familiar, to the unknown. And it doesn't have to be a problem or, a, um, or some mistake. Uh, it's good to know if there's actual danger. But of course, anytime you're moving into the unknown... Fear is like, is telling you about to grow. You're about to grow. So fear can actually be an ally in that regard. It's not a bad thing. You know, oh my God, I'm so scared here. Oh, it's like, oh, wow, I'm growing here. There's a line, I think, from uh, Pema Chodron, it's a beautiful book. When things fall apart, she says, uh, it's a great book. Next time you encounter fear, consider yourself lucky. 
This is where the courage comes in. Usually we think that brave people have no fear. The truth is that they're intimate with fear. When I was first married, my husband said I was one of the bravest people he knew. When I asked him why, he said, because I was a complete coward, but went ahead and did things anyhow. I came across this book uh, that was, um, came out last year, I think it was, called uh, uh, The Five um, uh, Deathbed Regrets, uh, uh, written by this palliative care nurse um, in Australia. Uh, she'd be with people the last well, 12 weeks of their life or so. And she... She asked them, that was part of her process, was asking, uh, what, what, are your, your, what are your joys and accomplishments? What do you regret? And so she kept track of many, 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 many people sharing their regrets. And she distilled them into the top five regrets that people had. Okay? And, uh, gee, uh, I have two the the two that I wanted to talk about here, but maybe I think I might be able to pull up the other uh, the other ones too. Let's see. Yeah, great. Um, so the first one is: I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life. Others expected of me. That's, that was the number one regret. To live the life true to yourself instead of what others were expecting or you thought they were expecting. Second one doesn't apply so much to, to this theme, but I'll, you'll probably be in suspense anyway, so I might as well share, <laughs> share it with you. Second one, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Third, which does apply to this, I wish I had, I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Number three, regret. Fourth, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And the fifth, I wish that I had let myself be happier. I can really relate to that one. So, um, but those, those two that I particularly, that, that caught my eye, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Playing it safe versus being willing to grow. That takes courage. I remember there is this, um, it was this motivational speaker, uh, maybe you, some of you um, heard of her, Terry Cole Whitaker. Uh, and I remember once seeing her uh, give a talk and she said, most people are content to just have a C average in life and just not stretch themselves and just feel safe. And they're on the sidelines looking at those who somehow have mustered up the courage to be true to themselves and shooting across the sky and the people in the sidelines are saying, wow, look at them. not realizing that they had that same capacity if they had the courage to be true to themselves. So, getting back to practice here. So, it takes courage to be willing to look at the places that uh, need more consciousness or more love 
or more tenderness um, or more awareness in some form. One classical quality of um, of the spiritual journey that the Buddha spoke about, that really courage is um, intrinsic to, is the, um, it's in the list of the five spiritual faculties. Uh, and the first of these faculties is um, usually translated as faith. The word is sadha, S-A-D-D-H-A. Sadha, which is sometimes translated as faith, sometimes uh, confidence, trust, conviction. They're all part of the, uh, in, in that category of sadha, which literally means to put one's heart upon something. And faith balances out the spiritual faculty of wisdom. If you have just wisdom or you're very cerebral in your practice, but there's not a, um, a heart quality that is willing to stretch yourself, uh, it's very limited. Uh, but faith and wisdom are in balance. Uh, energy or effort and um, uh, and concentration are in balance. You can't be too energetic without the concentration because you get very agitated. And if you're too concentrated or still without the energy, you get dull and sleepy. So they're balanced. And then there's mindfulness. So faith and energy and mindfulness, concentration and wisdom. But this quality of faith, of sadha, of trusting is really about finding the courage to put yourself out into new territory. Not that sometimes people hear faith and they think, oh, that means I should just just trust that everything is going to work out just the way I want. That's not what this is about. As you might have noticed, uh, it often doesn't work that way. So it's not that it's just going to work out fine the way I want, but rather faith or sada or trust is that you can trust that the awareness will be able to meet the moment when it comes as you develop more confidence in, in the capacities to meet the moment with wisdom instead of with confusion and fear, then whatever is coming, and it's all unknown all the time, you can trust that it's okay to open up to it. Now, when you think of the alternative... It's coming anyway. So you might think that you're getting out of something by saying, no, I won't open up to it, but it's going to come anyway. And there you are freaked out saying, oh my God, what do I do now? So there's this paradox that the more you're willing to open up to experience and have the courage to let it in instead of warding off and protecting, then you can actually respond wisely to what's happening instead of getting caught in anxiety and contraction and fear in your head. So it's like this this paradox that the more there's a willingness to find the courage to open up to our experience the more confidence we have and the more trust in our capacity to meet future moments when they come. With me? So so courage is right there. And we think, you know, well, 
how do I get it? Well, life has been giving you this opportunity since you've been born. And you can either wish things were different and rail against, against it when it's not, or little by little see, oh, this is okay. This is part of the deal, stepping into the unknown. What we're so used to uh, relating to the unknown is, oh, it's, it, will be, it could be dangerous. And yeah, it can be dangerous. But if we are bracing ourselves against it, we're missing out on something quite precious because, and I'm sure most everybody here has, has, this, has had this experience somewhere in their life, when you are saying, okay, let's go for it. Instead of it being bracing against, life becomes an adventure. You know those, those times when somehow you've said, nothing else to do than just go for it, okay, or just open to it, because this is what's happening, and uh, you know, you... You dive off the high board, or metaphorically, whatever your high board is. Okay, here we go. And there's this, whoa! It's both kind of adrenaline rush and exciting. And so the more that you see that you don't have to fight life, the more it becomes an adventure. You know, not always that it's going to be fun, but always that there's something to learn from. Uh, a line that I've I've shared here before that I love from um, Albert Einstein, who says, um, "Perhaps the most important question a human being can ask him or herself is: Is the universe friendly or not?" And if you somehow see or a sense of an under, underlying benevolence to life, even the fact that you've been born and you've been given this life, that you can, if you enter it with good intention, you have a greater chance of, of using whatever is here to wake up, then it becomes an adventure. And you probably all know what that's like when you just say, whoa, I bought my ticket. I didn't know what this ride was going to be about, but wow, what a ride, you know, this, this chapter that I'm on now. Or often in retrospect to say, oh, wow, that was quite a ride. Uh, wow, I still survived. That gives you confidence for the, for the next time. Hmm. Uh, I, there, there was a, a book uh, that came out. I haven't read, I've read parts of it and read uh, little vignettes. Uh, this woman, um, Noel Hancock, wrote a book, um, My Year with Eleanor. Because uh, Ele- Eleanor Rosa, she, she lost her job and she went from being completely successful, living just the life she wanted to, the whole uh, her life, the rug was pulled from out of her and she had no bearings. And she decided, uh, she read this uh, line uh, from Eleanor Roosevelt that said, do one thing every day that scares you. So she decided to spend a year every day doing one thing that scared her, that pushed her envelope. And it, it was, uh, not only was it exciting, but it completely changed her relationship to the adventure of life. And we all have had our own experiences of this, as I said, where somehow uh, you 
are compelled to uh, to stretch yourself. And I, I was thinking back. I'll I'll, I'll share a couple for me, and I want to uh, invite you to to get in touch with in in your own life how it's manifested. The the one that when I think about courage, the 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 first incident that comes up was when I was um, I was traveling in Europe for the first time. This is when I was. 22. I was, I was a school teacher at the time. And I, uh, one of my first days in Europe, in, uh, in London, and I, I played the guitar. I figured, okay, that's going to be a good way to, to meet people. So I, I traveled with my guitar. And as some people know, I like to sing, uh, get people to sing together. So I found myself, even though I should say I'm, I was a very shy person, you know, high, very, very shy, meeting new people one-on-one. But somehow singing was a different thing, especially when everybody was singing with me. So I brought my guitar to um, Piccadilly Circus. It's kind of like Times Square in, in London. And, you know, people sometimes do this, and especially in the old days. This is 1969. And, um, and I was playing, and there was a bit of a, a crowd you know, playing, oh, this is kind of fun, you know. And there was somebody in the crowd who caught my eye, you know, who was with some some friends. And uh, yeah, she was really attractive. And, oh, gee, it'd be so nice to meet somebody new, meet this new person. Anyway, we were singing a few songs and then all of a sudden, uh, while I was singing, she started to get up with her friends and move on. And I don't know what came over me, but I just stopped playing, went up to her and said, you can't go yet. And she looked at me like I was kind of crazy and I said, uh, can I meet you? later on, you know, and we did. I, I, I only met her once. I don't recall anything about her other than that moment where I said, wait, you can't go. And she gave me her contact information. And after she left, I said, oh my God, what did I do? I couldn't believe I did that. I'd never done anything like that in my life. But it was like, I wasn't thinking, and probably because I wasn't thinking, something was you know some some something good came out. So that that's one way that I can see sometimes courage happens when you're not thinking, you know, hopefully in a good way, and you just say you know, okay, here we go, and then afterwards you say, whoa, what was I what was I thinking? But I did it. Mm. I remember also when I first got into the Dharma, a kind of spiritual hunger where um, I was just so in love with this stuff that um, when I first heard it and heard Joseph Goldstein uh, at Naropa in 1974, I, even though I was shy, I said, I've got to get to know this guy. And I said, I want to meet with you. He said, okay. I said, really? You know. <laughs> and then at some point, I did a retreat or two, and he said, okay, I think it's time for you to do a three-month retreat. I said, really? You know. But I had to do it. There wasn't any choice. And there, sometimes we have this kind of spiritual hunger that nothing can hold us back. Maybe you've seen that in yourself. And then there are times where life gives you no choice. Um, and I'll, I'll share with you um, just, just recently, you know, last week Wes was here, he, he uh, gave the talk, because uh, I, I had surgery last Thursday. Um, I didn't plan on it, uh, but uh, about a month ago, my, my doctor said, you've got to go to the emergency room. You're in trouble. 
really? And she said, yeah, you're, my kidneys were backed up from my prostate and all, and my kidneys were really compromised. And, and she said, you got to go in right away. I said, gee, I have this party coming up. And, and she said, no, 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 you, you're looking at dialysis. I said, that got me going. And then I, um, so I had, I had the surgery on Thursday, which was successful, and I'm so grateful. But part of what uh, this last month was, I had um, a catheter in me for a month. Now, it's not, it's definitely not fun. But for me, this was the scary, the, the thing that I least wanted in my life, in my mind. I don't know if you ever remember, if, if you read the book 1984, how many people read 1984? Okay. Do you remember, they, bro- they break you, Winston Smith, they broke Winston Smith when you go to room 101. I'm getting it right now. You face your biggest fear. And my fear was always having a catheter in me. So there, there was no choice in this. And there I was. Oh. It was a drag. But I survived. Oh my goodness. And there were times when I said, I've got to get out of my skin. And yet, there's nothing to do but just be with it. So life gives us these opportunities. Let me just ask, before I go on, so I've shared some of my own Uh, experiences. Just go inside and look back on your life and think of a time where you experienced courage. That somehow you were facing something beyond your usual experience And maybe there was fear or anxiety or maybe life was asking something of you that you didn't didn't quite request. And somehow you showed up. And as you reflect on that, how did you deal with your fear? What helped you overcome your fear and somehow muster up the courage to stretch yourself? And remember the moment where you did somehow go beyond how that felt. And the capacities that you have. And the willingness to open to the feelings or the resistance or the vulnerability Um, hmm, just thinking whether to do this. Uh, yeah, I think maybe uh, we can just take a few minutes and uh, turn to somebody, one or two people near you, and uh, if you uh, if you would share a bit about your own experience with with courage, and then we can uh, we'll come back. But it would be nice to witness uh, and be witnessed. Uh, just for the next oh four four minutes or so, uh, turn to somebody near you, and then we'll come back and and talk about it. Okay.
If you don't feel like doing it, uh, you can just uh, sit quietly and then we'll come back. Okay, finishing up, and uh, thank you, partner. And let's let's come back for the last last few minutes. So. Um, what reflections, uh, what, what's, what supported your, your courage or anything from, uh, from that reflection that, um, that's worth, um, keeping in mind? Uh, and w- let's keep it fairly succinct, just, just the essence of, um, of your observation or reflection. What do you, what do you get from that? And, oh, thanks, Andrew. Yes, Ellen. I still don't know what supported my courage, but I will say that I have learned that I am stronger than I thought. I'm much stronger than I ever thought I could have been. Hmm. That, yeah, yeah, that, um, yeah, that I have this inner strength. I know I do, uh, mm-hmm. because of some big thing that I suffered through, and yet here I still am, and happy, and in a way better than ever, mm-hmm. in a weird way. So, isn't it interesting that paradox? The the gift of of the dukkha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Alan. For me, I I it was kind of simple. I heard a little voice. I heard a little voice. I heard something say you don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, that voice was soft, it was clear, and I listened to it. Keep listening. That that for me is one of the most important parts about practice, that the truth is in here, whether it comes as a voice or a sense or a knowing, that if you quiet down instead of trying to figure out you know the truth, it's right inside of you, and that you can hear it and say, that's, that's worthy, that's trustable. Um, you keep, keep tuning into that. Yes? It didn't come on up when we were talking, but it just dawned on me that, you know, when, when I've had situations where there was no time to think and you just had to react, the courage was automatic. You know, when my daughter had a febrile seizure, she was 18 months old, and I just, there was no thought. Mm-hmm. Bam, I just, I just moved. Yeah. Uh, when there's time to think, all the ruminations and all the anxieties come up, and it's, yeah. the, it's the, the, mm-hmm. the, the situations that you see coming that you have to prepare for. That it, to, in, my, in my experience, it, it's the hardest for me to, to take yeah. action. When, when, when the thinking mind, then, the, then the, the head gets in the way trying to, Figure. I mean, it's good to have some critical thinking and some some uh, discriminating wisdom. But if there's too much ruminating about what might happen, then you're out of the present moment, and you're not acting spontaneously in 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 harmony with with what's needed. Yeah, get out of your head. In, into your heart. Anybody else? You learn all the way over there. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, that, that story just reminded me of a situation when I was with my husband and um, some family friends and our kids who were probably, you know, 9 to 13, something like that. And we were out hiking and... Um, a cow started trotting towards us. And it was the same situation where I didn't, I didn't think. I just kind of made myself big and kind of ran towards it and to, to scare it off. 
Um, <laughs> and it's, I think love, I think love inspires courage an awful lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Love for people or lo- I'm not sure, just love. Mm-hmm. Love is a protection. That's, uh, the, uh, metta is a protection. Uh, so, yeah, think, look big and lead with love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay. So, well, we'll we'll, we'll uh, um, end that this part. But it's first of all, it's really good to see that you have it in you. You know, not to doubt that, um, and that um, it's okay. That's what confidence is about. Not so much I'm going to figure this all out, but just that I have the capacity. Um, and to really value that. And you might just see when you're on that cusp of, oh, this could be dangerous, dare I or not, to just, if the mind, if the, if the heart says, this is okay, to not let the mind you know, get, get too much in the way if it's a contracted mind. And courage also takes a willingness to be vulnerable. You know, that uh, as, as my, my son said after one retreat, uh, he, he was looking at fearlessness. And I said, oh yeah, well, what did you learn about fearlessness? This is my son who's going to be teaching here. And he, he sat for a month-long retreat. He said it was about, about working with fear and fearlessness. I said, oh yeah, well, tell me, what did you learn about fearlessness? And he said, well... I'm I'm getting that um, the path to fearlessness is vulnerability, and that's there's something about that when you're willing to let go of your armor and take that risk, then your heart can also get in the way. You often touch people in a whole different way, but there's especially in relationships, uh, there's a kind of power that comes from willing, being willing to be seen. So whatever your areas of, of, of life for you, and there's lots of different areas that this comes up, whether it's dealing with loss or relationship or health or the world and politics and can I, can I meet this and not completely collapse, whatever it happens to be, we all have our places where the rubber meets the road. And uh, in fact, just as, as we end for a moment, just uh, go inside one more time and see where for you the rubber is meeting the road these days that demands or requires of you some real courage And you might just envision what it could be like to stay connected to that heartfulness. The word courage comes from the same root as cure of the heart. And that it's available to you as you just open to the adventure of what life is asking you to show up for. And perhaps having a a new relationship to the unknown. You survived your whole life. Here's the next one for you. To see the, the strength that's right inside and the courage in the heart. And just know that when you do, that each time we're given this this opportunity to grow, about to grow, that you're deepening that sense of power connected to something much bigger than yourself. And you become an agent of courage.
So your own development of that heart is, has its rippling effect because we inspire each other. And these days, this world needs as much inspiration as it can get. So to really be, see yourself and your practice as learning to be a spiritual warrior, as learning to meet the moment, trust in the awareness, and go ahead and open to it knowing that in every moment life is giving us an opportunity to wake up. I'll just close with this line that I, I love from Anais Nin. She says, And then the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. And then the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. May we all continue to blossom. And we'll just close with a loving kindness. So let's just for a moment connect inside and Get in touch with all the the beautiful qualities inside and may we share our love well and our courage and our wisdom. And may our coming here together be of benefit, ripple out to be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all know the highest happiness and peace. Thank you very much for your attention and uh, see you next week. Mm-hmm.